Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this at the very beginning of November of 2023, and I just got back from the NCTM and CSM conferences, and I am on a math high. <laughs> and welcome to episode 121, yet another conversation with Annalise Record. Listen, Part everyone, three. I was just yes. going to say we're finally wrapping up the BTC conference and in Indiana in June with our part three, Annalise and I just spent the week together. So I said to her before we recorded, we can't talk about NCTM and CSM. We just have to talk about the BTC conference. So we had to go. And again, you're you killing me. I like, know. You're killing me. I am going to share one little story. Yeah. Okay, but good, good. First, we want to give a shout out to all the listeners who I met at the NCTM and NCSM conferences, listen, right now, and I'm sure they can understand this, I don't have the brain capacity to remember everyone that I did meet. I'm I'm going to go back through all my pictures and try to tag you all. But if I forget anybody, please don't take offense because you all know that was a whirlwind. It was I'm sure six days of a whirlwind. It was yeah. amazing though. You know, when, when you hear your name, Laura, and you're like, whose voice is that? And you turn around and they're like, I listened to your podcast. And wow, that's so cool. It was the coolest. It, it was, it sincerely was the coolest. So thank you to all of you who are listeners who found me or texted me and we got to have a, a hug because you know I was going to hug you anyways, right? And meet them. It was fantastic. And tell them about your shirt idea or uh, how it was. <laughs> yeah, I love this. The very last day, I think it was right before we left from our last session, I, I, oh my, big blur. And Mariah said hi to one of the speakers who was there. And Mariah, you're going to have to help me remember who it was. But somebody like very well respected everything. Of course, I meet him and give him a hug. And and Mariah says, I think I'm going to start calling you the serial hugger. And John Sangiovanni <laughs> is sitting right there at the table next to her. And, and he says, maybe you need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. So you never know. You definitely, yes. Maybe at the next conference, maybe I'll have our Learning Through Math logo on a shirt and I'll put it on the back. (laughs) Laura, the serial hugger. (laughs) Warning. 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 I am a serial hugger. No, I am the serial hugger. Yes, that's right. The. I like that. Oh my gosh. Tell us your reflection from this week. Because I have the greatest best news ever. Oh, okay. Okay. So my reflection is just a little bit of, it's a reflection of the episode that we just recorded. So Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of ahead of its time, but but not in, in the chronological order that it happened. Anyway, uh, 
we said in the episode, you know, just get it started. Just jump in. Just get it started. Just try it. Do the get the kids to think. Get the thing. Get the kids to be engaged in the work. And I don't know why. It just it reminded me of this week. Um, it was Halloween, and we ha- I had one of our teachers got sick, so we had to split their class because, of course, subs subs were not available. You know, for Halloween, right. That's a hard, that's a hard one to get subs for, and so we had I had a few students from another class, which was all good, and we did some math, and um, I put a math puzzle up, and uh, one of the students that was not from my room jumped right to the answer, <laughs> and everyone was like, <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, we don't do that, <laughs> we don't do that in this room. <laughs> I, and I was like, okay, so, okay, that that's the answer, but that doesn't tell me anything. So tell me about how you thought about it. And somebody else was like, yeah, she, she wants to know what, what you thought, like, or, or something. It was just so, it was so funny. Like their reaction was just like, yeah, that's not going to fly. And, and the, you know, the four kids that weren't from my room were like, what, what is happening? Like, I don't understand. Why can't I just give you an answer? like that's not what she wants (laughs) so it's just it's funny to me how quickly a routine or a culture gets created because you know they've only known me for or been with me for august september october three three months Mm -hmm. and already the changes you know they're 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 starting to see that it's not just about Give, give me an answer. So anyway, so that was my reflection. So I wanted to share that. So do it, do the thing, you know, jump in and, and you'll see, you'll see the, you'll see those changes. It's small. It'll, it'll feel small, but there will come a point where you realize how much work you've, you've done and how much, you know, the kids have actually been listening and listening. Yes. Yeah. yeah they they listen to what you do. Yeah. Not- to what you say. Yeah. So. You know? Oh my gosh. You all, you, you all know because <laughs> you've been listening. What I said, if I met this person, I was going to die. I met her. <laughs> Not just once, but twice. 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 Okay, okay. Tell us more. Here's the story. And if anyone's a new listener, I got to meet Joe Bowler. Yes, she did. No, y'all. Oh, I'm probably going to tear up telling you the story. Okay. Okay. It was whatever morning it was. She was doing a session. I brought, I only brought three books with me to get signed. I was very proud of myself. Okay. What did you bring? Productive Math Struggle, which is our book club, which we have to talk about after that, after this story. And I got, I had already had John sign it, but Kevin and Susie signed it as well. Okay, nice. I brought Math Doesn't Suck, Danica McKellar. Okay. I met her. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. Got her to sign it. That's a whole nother story in itself too. And then I brought Joe Bowler's original 2008 hard copy of What's Math Got to Do With It, which good, you, good. you knew I was going to bring that one. Yes. So I get in the little line before her session and I, I had Debbie, our friend Debbie, record on my phone, me meeting uh-huh. her. The problem is there's so much background noise because you oh, know, yeah. obviously it was going to be a full session right, and everything. Right. 
but I know what happened. So I go up to her. I introduce myself. I say, I'm a K to five math coach. I hand her the, I start to hand her the book and she goes, Ooh, a classic. (laughs) How many books has she written since then? Right, Right. Right. But I said to her, I, I need you to know how, uh, what did I say? Something about, I have to thank you so much because you changed the way I thought about math and then therefore taught math to my students. And she was like, Oh, you know? And so she signed my book and which is at school. So I don't even, I, I don't remember what she's something about limitless, you know, cause that's the, okay. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the latest and greatest book, which by the way, she's coming out with another book soon. Yay. And we finished up. Of course I hugged her. Of course I hugged her. Yeah. Cause yeah. yes. Serial hugger. The, yeah. ser- the serial hugger. And I, I walked back to my seat and I sat down and like it hit me and tears just, fell yeah. from my eyes like they're doing yeah. now because I think I was just so overwhelmed with not not okay look I know she's just a regular person just like you and right. me right but I think it see I'm crying now um oh Laura the impact that she has yeah. had in my life she did she does I mean yes I told her but she really doesn't know right right you know, <laughs> so let me get myself together. I met her again that night and who's standing right with her, Kathy Williams, like the two of them that run you cubed. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I kind of butted in on their conversation. They were, they were talking with two other women and I, I kind of eased my way in and Joe moved over to make space for me, which was so super sweet. Right. Yeah. Right. She doesn't know me from anybody. And once they finished up their conversation, I looked at Joe and I introduced myself again by saying, I I met you this morning. I gave you the, the hard copy. And she's like, Oh, I remember. And I said to her, there were two other things that I didn't say to you this morning. The first one is that I took your original MOOC class. Now I'm going to have to look up what MOOC stands for, but it was basically like the open platform where back, you know, in 2008, 9, 10, that you could put up like a free course and anybody in the whole world could take it. I mean, this was like cutting edge back then. Right. 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 And she was like, Oh, like now she knows I'm like vested in her and, and everything that she's done. And the second thing I said to her was, and I hope you realize that these 15 people um, that are up against you, I did say, can I curse? And they were all like, oh, heck yeah. I'm not going to say exactly what I said, but I was like, yeah. I just want to mm, punch them all in the face. Like, <laughs> I, I seriously do. And it was kind of like, she was like, oh, that's so sweet. But I said, no, do you realize that there are tens of thousands of us right. behind you? Yeah. I don't think she does. 
Right. Because Kathy said. Well, right. She feels very alone. I mean, I, yeah. I get that because she's the one being targeted. Exactly. She's the one, right? She's the one whose address has been leaked and whose emails have been leaked and whose family has been threatened. Like it's, it's all comes back to her. And yeah. So. Yeah. Well, here we go. She takes a picture of my name tag. <laughs> yeah. And Kathy was like, you need to get her number. Now, what should what? I have said? What? Wait, what? What should I have come out of? What should have come out of my mouth, Karina? I should have just started saying my phone number. Yes, yes, yeah. Just get, yes. I did not. What happened? What happened? So she takes the picture and basically is like, she didn't say it like this, but when I need a reminder, you know, kind of thing. And what I should have said was my phone number, and I was like. Well, actually, we're we're already friends on Facebook. What is wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with me? So, Joe, if you're listening, I sent a DM to Kathy's Twitter account with my number. Go ahead and get it from her. <laughs> I oh really did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really did because Kathy said there are times that she forgets that. And yeah, I'm like, right. oh, no. No. Like, we all are behind yeah. you. But you're right. Yeah. She is alone and she does not know. So right. Joe, we, uh, there are so many of us that love you and we want you to know we are a hundred percent behind you and yeah. whatever you need from us, we're there. Yeah. Tens of thousands of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just release your next book. You'll see how many of us support you, exactly. <laughs> right? How many copies you sell? Because it, I it will. I mean, I'll I'm I'll run to get it. Of course, I know you will too. Like, yeah, I know. yeah, oh absolutely. Gosh. No, P- everything. P.S. Joe, if you want us to review your book, we'd be more than happy to. A hundred percent. See, there you go. There's the Laura. There's the Laura I know. (laughs) You were just a little starstruck, I think. That's all it was. I mean. In the moment. And and you were emotional. Yeah, it was emotional. It was a lot. I wasn't starstruck. I mean, maybe I was, but I didn't feel starstruck in the moment. Okay. I just felt like I Overwhelmed with emotion because it was was a lot. It was. Yeah, I needed her to know. Like. Yeah. Yeah. When did you read her book? 2008? Yeah. It was either so – I don't been, remember if it's 2008 or 2009 when it came out, but that's when I okay, read it. So it's when been it, like 15 years of yes. of buildup. So – Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my emotions took over me. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed to have that moment. I know. Okay. And I did. Whew. She doesn't know that, but if she listened to it, she will. All right. Yeah. We have breaking news. We finally <laughs> chose dates for our book club, which is with Productive Math Struggle. Yes. I will definitely – well, you will. You'll put the thing up the – Yes, on Twitter. Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Once I finish putting up the dates. Yeah. Yes. It, we'll probably okay. release it this Sunday because that's when everyone's listening. Sure. So yep. the dates are going to be – and I'm going to say this. These are tentative, but pencil them in pretty hard – November 25th, December 2nd, December 16th, and December 30th. Now, Karina and I have other things going on on those other Saturdays in between. That's why we didn't pick them. And if we need to shift things around into January, we will. But those are going to probably be 
the four dates that we're going to have. And you might see some special guests on those Google Meets. Notice I said guests, not just a guest. Yeah, we've had a good track record so far, right? With with our guest uh, book club members who have just happened to show up, who also happen to be the authors of the books that we have studied. So, oh no, um, they didn't happen to show up. We reached out to them. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But, um, I'm just saying that if if you you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> and you know, you never know. Maybe someone, or maybe more than one person, might be at one or all of the book clubs. We don't know, but they're going to be on those Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Excellent. Are you ready for our next episode for the listeners? Oh, let's get, let's get into it. I can't wait. And now here's yet another conversation with Annalise Record. Okay, listeners, this is our third and probably, hopefully, final episode about debriefing the Building Thinking Classrooms conference that Annalise and I attended in the summer, which um, I'm just going to tell the listeners, Annalise and I just got back from NCTM and NCSM. I'll tell you all all about that later, but we're going to try to not talk about that because there is so much more that I mean, that's probably going to be like 10 episodes in itself. It's crazy. I love it. My head is full of learning from this past week. So many sessions, so many experiences. It was just an incredible week. Um, Yeah. But yes, I'm going to try to put myself mindset back into the summer months ago (laughs) in my 55-year-old brain. (laughs) Double nickels. You got the speed limit. (laughs) All right. The first one that I have written down that I don't think we've talked about is I wrote down Peter, BTC coaches and consultants, but I know this was not the fireside chat that we attended because I have that later in my notes. There were three things that I wrote down that maybe those were his three main goals of the session was one, how to be a leader around BTC. Two, how do we actually get teachers to grow professionally And three, how do we help a particular teacher to grow? Mm. I'm just going to go through all three of those kind of briefly. And Annalise and I spoke right before this, and we think we attended different sessions on this day because she doesn't have any notes for this. And that's not like her to not have (laughs) any notes about a session. So for the first one, how to be a leader around BTC, he talked about that we have to do toolkit one all at once, do all three parts of toolkit one all at once. And that's for the students. Like they need to have a good task. You need to do visibly random groupings and the vertical non-permanent surfaces. But then he said, then we have to move into toolkit two, which is more for the teacher. And he said, do them one at a time. And the order doesn't matter. So, Karina, I see you have your book in front of you. So you could tell us what are the parts of Toolkit 2. So the second toolkit has defront the classroom, answer only keep thinking questions, give thinking task early, standing, and verbally, give check your understanding questions, and mobilize knowledge. Okay, so there's five things in that toolkit? 
Yes. Okay. So he said, do them one at a time and the order doesn't matter. But then when it okay. came to toolkit three, he said order does matter. Can you Ooh, read okay. three? So it says asynchronously use hints and extensions to maintain flow, consolidate from the bottom, have students write meaningful notes. Okay. He said toolkit four assessment should reflect practice. What's in toolkit four? Evaluate what you value, help students see where they are and where they are going, grade based on data, not points. Okay. For the second question about how do we actually get teachers to grow professionally, and Annalise, I know you've heard parts of this, so feel free to jump in, but he said, small change is no change with the sawtooth effect. I don't, I, I don't know what the sawtooth effect is. Somebody tell us. Mm-hmm. But he said, the system will defend itself. So how do you change a system? You overwhelm it. You start with shock mm. and awe, right? And he also said, I don't talk about assessment on the first date. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm thinking ahead when I start my book club with my teachers at my school that we are, we are so not going to talk about assessment anywhere at the beginning. But that there's an unspoken rule that a part of every lesson has to be rehearsed for assessment. So think about like individual seat work, right? And then the second unspoken rule is that I have to bribe and threaten, wait, I have to bribe and threat students. What does that mean? Unspoken rule number two, I have to bribe and threat students. I don't remember. So somebody that was at that session, please tell me what I'm talking about because that's what I wrote down. He did talk about shifts of attention. So going from noticing, like, what do you think I noticed? What do you want to do about it? To naming, like, what did you notice? And then the third part is nuancing. So those are shifting attention. And then the third question where he talked about, which was how do we get a particular teacher to grow? He talked a lot about states, not traits. And I I don't want to go into Liesl's session from... This Okay, if you've never read any brain-based learning books, get a brain-based learning book. Lisa McConchie and Eric Jensen. Okay, but that we need to have thought buddies pair a teacher with a slightly less new teacher. So you don't go from a veteran teacher like me with a brand new teacher. You kind of go like people that are closer to the, yeah. to the spectrum, right? And... He also said, don't water the rocks. So listen, we all have teachers in our school that don't want to <laughs> learn anything, right? They, they think they got it all, down pat everything. So basically, don't spend time trying to coach them because they're, they're not open to it. So don't water the rocks. I loved that one. Yep. Yeah, I remember he- hearing him giving advice of the coaches that um, go where you're invited. Yes. Mm. Right. Start with those people who this resonates with and they want to try it out because he said the best professional development for building thinking classrooms is to find a partner and start doing it and learn together. It's not that he has all the answers. This is exactly how you need to do it. It's let's get together and and experience it. And then we can tweak it from there and and come across these different um, aspects of it as we learn and grow. So I, I liked that. I like that idea of that, you know, go where you're invited, find your first followers, 
Have you seen the video of first followers? Because Kim Remby mentioned this at the conference. Which yeah. that was my next uh, session was BTC yes. through a leadership lens where Kim Remby taught. And I only have five things listed, like written down for there. But one of them is the first follower movement, the YouTube video. I'll mm-hmm. link that in the show notes because if people have awesome. not seen that, you absolutely must. Right? Yeah, it's- I don't think I have. Oh. Should we make it a surprise or do you want to describe it, Annalise? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think we probably should, should describe it. Okay. So there's okay. a there's like a, a gathering of people. I'm not sure exactly why they're gathered there, but this one gentleman decides to like dance like crazy. I so think it was probably like, like a music festival, right? It must have been something like that. Yeah. And he began really crazily dancing, right? Um, and after, for a good minute or so, like no one is joining him. They're kind of like, it's kind of awkward and all. Well, then the first follower comes and begins dancing beside him. And it almost gives permission now for others to join in. So before you know it, there's a whole crowd of people dancing. And so I remember Kim mentioning that as advice of this kind of, you know, with building thinking classrooms is you got to find your first follower because that passion becomes contagious As someone Mm -hmm. begins talking about the experiences of what's happening in their classroom with their kids, others who may have been a little skeptical are like, I want a piece of that magic. Like what's going Mm -hmm. on in there? And so um, that, that video kind of just dramatically shows that you got to find the first follower. The most important person is the first follower. (laughs) Not the first person doing the thing. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it opens it up like, this is safe. This is cool. I want to be a part of that, which leads me to another statement that I wrote, which is co-planning is undercover PD. I loved that she said that because it is, right? Like, Karina, when you and I got to co-plan either a number talk or something, I was really, which I didn't even realize, it was really I was giving you professional development. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if we co-plan, that was the first thing I wrote. Co-plan and co-teach because co-planning is undercover PD. And that's something I need to make sure that my teachers know that they don't have to jump into BTC alone, that I can be right there with them, but that we need to co-plan ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. In order to co-teach. And I don't want to be the always leading. I mean, maybe the, if they want me to do the first part of the lesson or the first lesson, I understand that. But then the second one, it's them, right? Yeah. And then the second thing is you can say, remember, this is coming from a leadership lens is you say to a teacher, I just learned this thing last week. Can I try it out in your classroom? Yeah. Which I mean, what are they going to say? No. You know, right, right. (laughs) Especially if you have a good relationship with them. And then the third thing, and probably the most important, is give the teacher a job to do. So if I'm modeling or trying something out, AKA undercover, you know, this is what I want you to do, I need to give the teacher a, hey, watch how I do this and make them actually write down. Because do you know how many times I'm sure you can guess? I'll go in and model a lesson. And what does the teacher do? Jump behind their desk, go check their email. And mm -mm, that's not going to fly anymore. Nope. If you're in it to win it, you're in this with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to debrief afterwards of what I've actually had um, 
when I've done building thinking classrooms in some schools, I'll set up in one classroom where there's no tables and chairs, like one extra room in the building. I mean, it's a luxury that some buildings have that. But anyway, um, and then I have my non-permanent vertical surfaces I hang on the walls. And then a classroom will come in. I have the Uno cards that I pass out. They go to the poster. They begin working on a task. And I've had some teachers say to me, like, um, where are we sitting? Right. <laughs> um, you're not sitting. <laughs> We together are listening to your students thinking. <laughs> this is not for you to sit back and watch me masterfully, uh, you know, d- do this with your kids who I've never met before. Like that's right. that's not what happens. <laughs> We're not sitting. <laughs> and here's your clipboard of what I want you to look for, right? Oh yeah, my exactly. gosh. Well, then I got to go to, I mean, later on, but I got to go to one of our listeners sessions, Nicole, woo woo, shout out to Nicole. She did finding and creating thinking tasks for K2. She did things like ways to make a number, puzzle tasks, like the flower petal puzzles. You know what, Nicole, uh, if I haven't put all these in the show notes, please just add them to the Twitter feed so everybody can see these. Thanks, Nicole. You didn't even know I wanted you to do that. She did open middle tasks. Uh, she did the N missing add-ins, kind of like the chickens and pigs thing too. Or like I get to go to the bike store and here's how many wheels, how many, what kind of vehicles can I get kind of thing. All the way from unicycles to bicycles to tricycles to go-karts to five-wheelers. Like there's some task I wrote down Georgia. So Nicole, can you link that one too? That'd be great. Thanks. And then she talked about books that she uses like the good egg. One is a snail, 10 is a crab. I have that one. The cookie fiasco. I don't think I have that one. I'll put all of these in the show notes. Elevator Magic, which is a Stuart J. Murphy book. Yep. And she talked about thin slicing, three-act tasks, menu math, fair share. Turn around a question. So where you start with the answer or replace some of the numbers with some. So I'm thinking like numberless word problems. Mm-hmm. Or replace elements of the problem with blanks. Like 15 plus mm equals 20 plus mm. And that way they have to balance out the equation and also breaking numbers into its parts, which again, Nicole is just a fabulous resource. If you are not in the K2 BTC Facebook group, you must join. I mean, there's gold there, right? What did she say about three-act tasks? I just wrote down three-act tasks. Oh, that's all you did? Yeah. But I think because she was talking about finding thinking tasks and that there's so much out there, you know? Okay. And yeah. that you can use three-act tasks as thinking tasks. Yes. Then we got to go to a panel discussion. And I look up on the stage and who's there? Our friends, Tammy and Amy. I was like, <laughs> what? I didn't know I was sitting, you know, a day and a half with royalty, with BTC <laughs> royalty before. And the only two things that I wrote down, because I was really trying to be in the moment. And Annalise, yeah. I don't know if you have any notes on the panel discussion, but I wrote down, we should stop shooting all over ourselves. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. No. And the second thing I wrote down is just freaking do it. So just, (laughs) just jump into BTC, be a Karina and just be a jumper. (laughs) Just be a jumper. Just do it. Just do it. Well, it's like Tammy shared that quote 
about no one ever died doing building thinking classrooms. Like, go ahead, try it out. What's it going to hurt? <laughs> it, it can't, right? And you're going to be so shocked and happily surprised about what your kids can do. It, it's just mm-hmm. amazing. Isn't it, Annalise? Yeah. I mean, it, isn't it, it Karina? Like, yeah, uh, we it all is. know this. Yeah. And then well, I, I, I think a, a part of what um, Nicole was sharing with those tasks, right? Like, I love all the ideas that you just mentioned that she shared. Because it's not that you have to go out and spend hours trying to find a task. Like, things that we have already been doing in our class, it's building thinking classrooms is not a program. It is not a curriculum. It's a way of engaging in the learning of math. So any of these things like open middle, where it's opened, uh, where a variety of pathways to get to a certain answer, or the three-act tasks, where you're having the kids notice and wonder, and when they get to the point of trying to to work on it out, they're on the boards. I also mm-hmm. love a, a word problem strategy that was mentioned um, recently also with like students who are multilingual learners, how to make access for our kids who are her learning um speaking other languages and all, but that the three reads protocol were the fact that we can be reading out loud to the kids first. And they talk about what was the context. Well, first I should say, remove the question first. Don't have the question even be a part of it. Anything from your textbook, take off the last question, display the, the, the rest of the, the, the um, problem for them. You read it out loud. They talk about what the context is. Then you all read it together like a chorus, and they talk about what numbers, what quantities are there in this uh, story situation, and talk about, articulate, what are these numbers representing in that story problem within that context? And then you read it again for a third time, and now they make up the questions that they could solve given the information that they have. And you'll mm-hmm. naturally have like single step problems and multi-step problems as kids are thinking up different things, which provides that natural kind of differentiation so then at that point, when they're actually choosing the question that they want to solve, now they go to the boards and solve it, right? So it's it's um, it's that part of the kids problem solving rather than being at desks in groups, they're just standing up at the whiteboards, right? That we can incorporate that in our daily, daily time. The last session that I have written down is Peter and his group. Remember that panel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was with Jared, April, Chase, and Kim. And I have loads of just little nuggets. One is we should all have a shared goal, which is we want students to learn. That's it. That's what it's all about, right? And that BTC is a framework. Just like you said, it's not a curriculum. It's not a, I forget the other word you said. Program. Program, right. It's just a framework. And Peter said, adapt the tools if you need to. This is just mm. hit what he found in his research and, you know, that he shared with everyone, which is then when I wrote, it's not a dance to which Peter knows the choreography to, right? That we're all in this together. He also talked about real versus perceived barriers. And when he talked about the barriers, he said, interrogate your barriers. Like, what are the real barriers to kids doing a thinking classroom? and I'm so glad I we're debriefing this because I totally forgot about this. Ask your admin, what do you want me to achieve? Oh, mm. that's a good question, isn't it? It really is. What do you want me to achieve? And I think that's such an imp- important piece of this as well is 
What are the um, teacher evaluations that principals and admins are doing? What are they looking for when they come in the classroom? Because if they're looking for an I do, we do, you do, if, if that's what their structure is for their evaluation, they could walk in and see BTC and like, what is happening in here, right? Mm-hmm. To not know the intention that goes behind everything in the building thinking classroom. So that's a really important um, to include the administrators on this journey as well of what is it that we want the kids to do. And for me, the, the math practices, so having the student math practices, things like the, the eight math practices, I'm, th- I'm talking about the principles to actions from National Council of Teachers of Math. Oh, the effective um, teaching practices. Yeah, the effective mm-hmm. teaching practices. So you have the, uh, or SMPs, some people uh, call it as well, right? That kids are problem solving and persevering, that they're um, talking about their thinking or critiquing the work of others. They're mm-hmm. modeling with mathematics. They are using tools. They're ha- being precise with their language and the, the calculations, um, using structure to help and that they're reason, reasoning and looking for patterns. So it's eight math practices, how we want our students engaged in the learning of math. And then we have the teaching practices as well, where our, our facilitation to elicit and use the thinking of students to drive our instruction. How often are we looking at the work of the students to make instructional decisions, right? And, and to, to facilitate the rich mathematical discourse. Is that happening in classrooms where there's an I do, we do, you do structure, right? So the the when I'm asked to go into districts and to observe classrooms and give some feedback of where we might begin to do some professional learning, I am not looking at the teachers. I'm looking at the kids. And that's actually something that Peter did mention in the fireside chat that, so it's like validation that, that I was on the right track of what I've been doing, right? Because it's like, yeah, I don't want to look at the teacher. It's what is the experience of those students in the learning of math? Mm-hmm. Are any of those eight math practices happening? Because that's where I want to begin working, like on student discourse and you know, getting them talking about their thinking and then modeling their thinking so others can have access to it. And are there manipulatives within arm's reach at all times for every kid, right? So um, powerful, I think powerful thinking about that and including the administrators to know that when they're walking in what they should be looking for. Mm-hmm. I just have four other things written down, which I probably, we probably could have written down so much, but again, you know, you're trying to be present, right? That perfection is not the criteria for moving forward. We, we all have to remember that, right? Like mm-hmm. this is not, we're not striving for perfection in this. Just, just jump in and start. And, oh, I think we did mention this on another one, but Kim said, of your tasks should come from your curriculum. It's not like you have to look very far away. It's just how you structure them, right? It's using those. Go ahead. I think but but a mischaracterization of Peter's work with the non-curricular tasks. Because the non-curricular tasks are intended to be three or four to get the kids to shock their system of this is not the math class you normally think of as being and doing these non-curricular tasks but then having the curricular task is the most of the time the kids are engaged in building thinking classrooms. It's not just we're doing these non-curricular tasks all the time and then moving the needle to help them master their grade level content, right? So that was important. I'm glad that she shared that uh, even as a quantifier of 95% of the time because it's like, oh, it's, it's not all right. non-curricular at all. <laughs> right. And then the other two things I have, it's not this or that, it's that through this, mm. which I think is a super powerful statement. I'm glad I captured that one down. 
it's like I wanted to record everything so that I could, you know, look back and, and see it all again. But again, that it's, this is a pedagogical structure. It's not a curriculum. It's just the Mm -hmm. way, instead of having kids sitting, get them up, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my final one was find what your strength is in this process. Isn't that a great one? I put two stars by that one. Yeah. (laughs) Because we can't all be perfect at all 14 practices. Find what your strength is in this process. And again, perfection is not the criteria for moving forward. When you said, Laura, when you just said, you know, get students up, it reminds me of the quote that Peter says all the time. It's not that standing is so good. It's that sitting is so bad, right, for thinking. So, yeah, yeah, just get them up. Just get them up. Yep. So that's all I've got for the part three of our Building Thinking Classrooms first annual conference in Franklin, Indiana. I think now, Karina, we've caught you up on that. <laughs> now, I don't know when we're going to catch you up on NCTM and NCSM. Oh, <laughs> gracious. I know. <laughs> yeah, I had serious FOMO, I got to tell you. Uh, and I, yeah. I'm well, we've got to work next year to get you to the BTC conference in Phoenix, Arizona. It's July 1st and 2nd. Okay. So we've got to figure out a way to get you to be there uh, as well, because it's, it was a magical experience. I just, I can't speak more highly of the keep Indiana learning people and the Franklin, Indiana community that welcomed us with open arms. They opened their main street with stores and it just, they were unbelievably receptive to all of us. And it was so amazingly organized as well. I mean, hats off. So Melissa McCain, I mean, hats off to her. That was just absolutely amazing. Which by the way, Karina, I got to see four of our Indiana people at the conference. So I got to meet Melissa and hug her. Nice. I got to see again, Courtney. And, but this time I got to meet her husband, Ryan. So of course I hugged the both of them. And then I got to see again Jeff, who was in part of the Indiana, you know, group of of people. I don't know if anybody else from Indiana, from Keep Indiana Learning, came, but those are the four that I ran into. Which, by the way, Annalise, did you see the statistic that I think it was six thousand people were at NCTM? Yes, I did see wow. that, and mm-hmm. that I think there were fifteen hundred of us at NCSM. Yeah, I heard fifteen, sixteen hundred at NCSM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, Karina, I did a lot of running around to meet people. Well, you saw, you saw <laughs> I know, on Twitter. I know, I saw. <laughs> I mean, there were some sessions I didn't even go into. I mean, I went in there and I was like, hi, I'm Laura, blah, 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 picture. And I left because honestly, there were so many sessions at the same time yeah, that were so yeah. awesome. I did get to go to Annalisa's session. So that was a, a big yay. Was that at NCTM? I feel like that was at NCTM. That was NCTM. Yes, it was. Did you did you do another one at NCSM? No, nope. nope. okay, I'm a good. learner at NCSM. I'm okay. a learner. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good. I, I learned at NCTM as well, but I did present also at NCTM. Yeah. All right. That's all we've got for the Building Thinking Classroom's first annual conference. Okay, Karina, well- do, you, do, do you feel like you kind of were there now that you've had three times to listen <laughs> to different parts of the BTC I mean, conference? I know that that was just barely the surface because every time that 
I hear you speaking about it or, you know, anybody else speaking about it, Annalise, um, even Brendan talked to, talked yeah. about it a little bit with us. Like it's just everyone just says – Tammy also talked about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says that it was just so – full and such a wonderful conference and it was so well led and it was so it was like nothing they had ever experienced before no other conference so it's just I do feel like no I don't feel like I no <laughs> I got anything <laughs> not not even close to what you guys had experienced <laughs> but no I'm I mean I'm just I, I'm looking forward to what's what's coming and um and just learning more right you just want more I want more you know what I felt like now this that you said thing. that? I want more. I feel like you got the Cliff Notes version and yeah. you didn't get to read the book. Yes. Right. You know? Yeah. Do you even know what Cliff so, Notes are? Did, did no, you I do. use them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did think I Christian's era like- used Spark Notes, which is kind of like Cliff Notes. Well, I think Spark Notes was starting when I was. Okay. Yes, I I feel like that, but I feel like there was something else. There wasn't just Cliff Notes. There was something else in Canada. Ooh, I'm gonna have to dive, dig deep okay. and look look through that. <laughs> there was something else. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's Ex- the end that's of it, our right? BTC it. conference. But now, but okay, but see, but now I'm I want more of what you just experienced in the last week. See, this is what's not fair. Oh. Okay. All right. I told you, I just want more. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learning through math. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.